I would be surprised if I live to 40. I don't have any dreams. I don't have any goals. I don't plan on having kids. There's no point to stay for me. there my name is sean and this is suicide noted on this podcast i talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories every year around the world millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it we certainly don't talk about it enough and when we do talk about it many of us including me are not very good at it so one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and i hope better conversations with attempt survivors now if you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. And if you check the show notes, there's another way you can reach out through an audio message. Ways you can support and sponsor the podcast, learn more about our presentations and programs. So check that out if any of those things apply to you. And of course, a reminder, I share this with you from time to time. If you rate and review this podcast, it's only available on Apple. It really does help people find it, and we do want more people to find it. Remember, we're not only trying to raise awareness and dispel myths, we are trying to help more people feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. So thank you. However you participate, we really appreciate it. Finally, we are talking about suicide on this podcast, so please take that into account before as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with A. A lives in Quebec and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I know you don't like that question. <laughs> I hate that question too. Oh my God, I already really like you. If you don't like that question, we're going to get along really well. <laughs> so what did you eat this morning? <laughs> you hear that on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. That's really funny. I was like, wow, that's so weird. I'm glad we finally connected here. Yes. All right, A in Quebec, may I ask you this question because you brought up the fact that you did not want your boyfriend around for this conversation. Uh, may I ask you why that is? He's, uh, he's an immigrant, he's from uh, Cambodia, mm. and he grew up with like a really uh, traditional family. So he grew up like a, with a, like a Chinese and Cambodian heritage. So they don't talk about these things. I feel that he have some mental illness as well, and he doesn't want to talk to a to a psychologist and all. And he's not really open. I don't think he would be okay with me talking, but also I just prefer to keep it to myself mostly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, you both have mental health challenges, and you're in a relationship, but you don't talk much about it to each other. Well, we talk about it. It's it's pretty hard from his side because I think he do have it, but. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be evaluated. And well, of course, he he have he have something because like he got a really really hard uh, childhood. He mentioned a lot about being suicidal as well. And when he came to Canada, it was hard as well. So there's there's a lot of things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I get that. That makes sense. Before we sort of start really talking about your mental health challenges and ideating and attempts or near attempts. How did you find this podcast? <laughs> I was not surprised that there was a podcast about it. I literally on Google, I searched uh, 
best uh, suicide podcast. <laughs> wait, wait. You you searched on Google best yeah. suicide podcast and mine came up? I'm not sure if it was somewhere, but but I tried uh, maybe one other before and I wasn't convinced. I don't, it wasn't rejoining me. Like the, the type of content was not for me. Yeah. I get and it. So I tried yours and it was, I know what I was searching for. I mean. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, just to be clear here, I do think we're the best suicide related <laughs> podcast, but I was surprised that it comes up in Google just because, you know, coming up in Google, there's all sorts of different algorithms involved. And I don't know anything mm-hmm. about that stuff. So, hey, however people <laughs> find it, but to connect that to presumably what we'll talk about, why did you put those three words? in google i've been feeling pretty bad at this moment it was back in december i'm struggling since like probably at least 18 years and how old how old are you as we talk here oh i'm 33 so i remember that that at 15 already having suicidal thoughts i've been trying a lot of psychologists i got many diagnoses but never sure of what it was the the public system is not that good for that you can't really choose who you talk to. And it yeah. takes months and months to get to talk to someone. So. I don't want to vent about it. <laughs> but I do wonder how many people we lose because they're mm. waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, I don't have a solution. It's not a simple fix yeah. here. They'd probably be doing it if it were. And even I'm not sure that even talking to a psychologist is really what's best but we don't have anything else so i'm not i'm not convinced about how they help like i talked to so many of them like at least like i, I remember uh, i was a kid and i also seen seen one or two and like i counted like all the ones that i've seen all my life and it's mm. at least like a 20 30 people different people so psychiatrists psychologists a social worker it's not that it's, it doesn't help but it doesn't limit to what they can do, I think. Yeah, sure. And yeah. So I feel like maybe it's not for me, but uh, I'm planning soon to see one, but on uh, private this time. So uh, it's going to cost, but I've been uh, having a bit of money these days. So I'm going to try that. And I feel like it may be my last attempt. So. You're trying. Yeah, I tried. I tried. Maybe like sometimes I tell myself, maybe I, didn't, I don't try enough. I don't try enough. And I, I felt like like seeing a psychologist sometimes, like they, told, they tell you like, oh, by next, next week, do this thing. Think about that thing. Uh, try to do this thing. And I get out from the, the appointment. I came back the week after and I'm like, and they asked me, oh, did you do what I told you? <laughs> and I'm like, I, no, I just like, I'm living my life between appointments. Right, right, right. So right. after that, you feel like, oh, maybe I don't try enough. You could always make the case that someone could try harder. I think that's a bit of a slippery slope. Yeah. Someone could always try harder. Someone could always think differently. Someone can always take a new med. Always. That's how people who don't really have these problems think a lot. My sister, my uh, big sister, she uh, did a, a suicidal attempt as well. And that was like a few years after I got to a psychiatric hospital for a week. And she told me, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't believe you when when it happened a few years ago. I was just telling myself she should just like like do something or. Uh, she didn't understand. 
Yeah. What do we do? I mean, we, we can't ask people to attempt to take their lives so that they understand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a problem with people not understanding. My problem is when they think they understand. That's a lack of awareness to me that I, is a problem. You don't have to understand. One, just know, just don't think you do. And two, you don't have to have gone through something like that to have empathy, period. You don't mm-hmm. need to. Empathy is empathy. But these are difficult things, apparently, for all of us sometimes to apply. So you've been dealing with some of these hard things, thinking about suicide on some level for more than half your life. You were 15 when it started. Maybe even even younger than that. I've been seeing therapists before that. I don't know exactly when it started, but it started uh, early enough that I remember clearly that at 15, I was already thinking about it. When you say thinking about it, what does that mean? Well, having suicidal thoughts. Uh, I did talk to a therapist at the time. It didn't go well. Do you remember why? Because I'm always intrigued about these appointments and what goes on. I talked to the therapist at school at the time. Following the law, since I was underage, they have to talk to my mother. So so we had an appointment with my mother and then she kind of denied everything so it is so complicated yeah after that i was really angry at, at the therapist but i mean she's doing her job like that that's the law she have to do it she's got laws that she's absolutely got to follow unless she wants to lose her job or face mm-hmm. some sort of penalty but it speaks to a lar- possibly a larger issue with there's really nowhere to go to talk about it really openly you're going to limit yourself if you know well, my parents are going to find out and I don't want them to know. I might go to the hospital. And I'm not saying we shouldn't tell parents or people shouldn't ever go to a hospital, but sometimes you just need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And so you feel like uh, it's a therapist. So that's the kind of thing that you have to talk to a therapist. But you have to think, of, oh, they're going to talk to my parents after. And so what, what's going to happen? Well, my mom is not that bad. It's just that I I talk to the therapist about some uh, problems I had with my mom and then she mm. kind of denied everything and I felt kind of stupid like I was there and she just she was just talking and like denying everything and right and so and I stopped seeing the therapist after that and for years I stopped seeing too right. Um, right absolutely so so when you have an experience like that if you're like almost any other human being you start to lose trust right mm-hmm why wouldn't you? That's a completely logical response. I did this thing. It completely backfired. I'm not going to do that thing again, but I do need to talk to somebody and you can mm-hmm. see how this becomes to start to spin out of control. So you were 15. You're now 33. I'm. It's always very hard for me to figure out how to go from 15 to present day in that time. So I'll ask a few questions and we'll probably hop around a little bit. Yeah. Did you actually attempt or you just came close to attempting? I would say many times I come, I came close to it, uh, even more after uh, going to the hospital. Well, that that was like a way to try to get help. Like I go to the hospital at the ER and says I, I had like uh, suicidal thoughts and so they kept me for a week. And the point of that, well, to me, it was trying to get help because I've seen that psychologists were not really helping me. So I thought I... I thought that maybe I could talk to a psychiatrist this time, but that that was the only way to see one. Otherwise, there's like long years of of wait here. When I when I see 
these messages, and I see them a lot of just talk about it, just talk about it, just reach out. I think that's often a good suggestion, but I can't help but also think, well, people often do reach out and they do talk. And then what you're sharing is not uncommon. Well, now we know why people don't talk so much or stop talking. Yeah. Well, they don't well, get the help they need. So we're like, I mean, come on. Well, I, I never really talked much with my family. I feel like I'm not close to them, even when I was living with them. My mom was single mom with uh, four kids on um, low salary, and I was trying not to like worry her too much. So I kept that to myself. And I didn't have much friends. Mm-hmm. I had maybe one or two friends. I talked to one of them, and they just like kind of not say anything and not right. ask anything, not talk about it at all. So I've been feeling like, okay, there's really nobody I can talk to. Well, I've said this before. I think the no, I, I don't have, I, I don't have any proof on this, but number one reason why people end their lives or attempt to end their lives is because they don't have anyone to talk to. And when I mean anyone, I don't mean just anyone. I mean as someone who when they're talking with them or after they're talking with them, they feel safe, they feel heard, they feel, you know, that kind of thing. I don't mean anybody. You could go talk to somebody at a bus stop if you wanted to, but I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Though it might be. It might be better than a psychologist sometimes. You never know. Yeah, go ahead. I Sorry. feel like I can talk to my boyfriend about it, but you have, you have the same issue as well. So it's kind of... It's kind of hard to, I don't want to like encourage him. That That's a bit like, that's a bit contradictory. It's like, I want to kill myself, but don't kill yourself. <laughs> that's a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is complicated. I, I don't know yes. when sometimes the conversations might give people ideas or give them the, I don't know where, where to draw that line. And I don't think there's one yes. like place. It's hard to like uh, be there for him when I, barely i'm here for myself like, I can't, I'm, I'm barely keeping up when you say you went to the hospital just to be clear a couple of questions around that you're talking yeah. about a psych hospital a mental hospital yeah well there, there's a psychiatrist hospital in the hospital they kept me for a week put me on medication and then they sent me for like not a psychiatric hospital but it's like for a month you go home, you go home, but like every day you have to go there and to having activities. And it feels like, like we're kids, like, like yep. they're showing us like how to cook and draw and like do activities. And I'm like, I'm not here to do that. I, I do that in school. I, I'm, I'm here because I need to talk to someone. I, I don't want to talk to these other people who have other problems than, um, than me. Uh, I want to talk to someone who's going to help me to understand why I'm like that. And it didn't even, like at the time, uh, I was maybe 20 at this moment. And uh, I told my family not to come see me. I tried to like not tell them. I really kept it to myself. He, he knew I was there. Uh, he knew there was something, but well, I didn't tell them much. Well, I found it fascinating that, yeah, the, those activities were so stupid and and just so insulting. My experience with that was a little different than yours was actually some of the patients were the people who I had the best conversations with. Not all of them. Some of them were not in a position to talk. And hey, some people you just don't get along with. But some of them, I, maybe it was like this idea of misery loves company. But also I think it was, I think when you've gone through something like this, you get it in a different way and you can kind of connect or engage yeah. in a different way because you know what you need. And, and in a way that sometimes doctors don't seem to be able to do. 
when I was there, I, I don't remember much if I talked to people, but I did connect with other people in another therapy that I did. So, yeah, it's just that sometimes, uh, you know, the people that I met there, you know, they have other problems and like I kept contact with them. Like I was in a kind of therapy house, like I was living there with like nine other people. And it's really various uh, mental illness, uh, addiction. So I was with people who had a addiction, alcoholism, uh, mental illness. And I, it, it was nice. I mean, I, I talked to them. I got friends with them. But after that, the, the years after, we kind of kept contact. But I noticed how they were influencing each other. Like if one, if one was uh, going back to uh, alcohol, they were kind of taking the uh, another one with them so like oh. they were kind of influencing each other so. Mm. so i feel like sometimes it's not that good to keep to keep contact with with these people uh especially in the case of uh of dependence kind of yeah so the, when you were near about 20 years old that was the first time you went to a hospital like that yeah before that i've just seen like uh, some uh psychologists did you have another stay at a hospital after that ever no I didn't go back. But first, I couldn't really talk to a, a therapist there. Like, it was just um, like every day they were like once a day, they were taking me to a room and there was like a nurse, a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And they were just waiting for me to talk, like not asking anything. And that, that was kind of, it was weird. <laughs> I didn't really feel like I could talk to them at that, that you have like three people uh, looking at you, waiting for you to talk. That's a bit weird. Is there a moment in your life that you can recall where, and, and this might sound a little weird, where you got, it was the closest you came to going through with it and actually attempting? No, I didn't really attempt it in the end. But yeah, when I go to the psychiatric hospital, so they put me on meds. And so at some point, Maybe a few months after, uh, I I was really close to to try it with these meds, and I, honestly, I've been having a noose too. I have like a cord uh, with a noose on it, and I still have it to this day. I still have it. Nobody knows that. The secret noose. Yeah, the secret noose. I've been having it since like maybe in my my teenage years. Got that thing there just in case. Yeah, just in case. Like, yeah. Like I don't I don't look at it, but sometimes like I think about it in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, are you thinking about suicide or the idea of suicide or the possibility? How often? Well, sometimes, especially when I was on meds, I felt like I was like an autopilot. Like I didn't think about it, but I was just like, like I've, I've been living a few years like that. Like when I was 15, maybe I would think about it like weekly or even daily. When I stopped my medication, like maybe back in, 2014 so a few years after the mental hospital i stopped my medication it's like i told myself i know someday i'm gonna kill myself it kind of was easier after that like i wasn't thinking about it every day but i was just leaving thinking like eh, if uh, nothing works let's just do that it's like I, I knew that's how it's gonna end that's how i felt do you feel that way today i would say this last month has been different like these last few years, it was like an option. It was on the back of my mind. I, I didn't really think about it. But these days, I would say that I'm closer than I've ever been. 
I think. Yeah. Now you originally looked for a podcast or something in Google almost a year ago, 10 months ago or so. Mm. And you reached out to me and then you reached back out to me and we finally are connecting here all these months later. So that makes sense. There, It sounds like something is going on. I'm not here to diagnose you. Don't worry. I'm just saying, may I ask what's going on? Honestly, I don't know anymore. Like, I've been having so many diagnoses, but I feel like I don't know if I have some mental illness or something. I know I have ADHD. I know I have depression. Uh, I've been having like a diagnosis for uh, anxiety and uh, borderline personality disorder. Uh, honestly, these two last, I'm not sure about it. Yeah. So I'm just, I just feel like maybe just something else and just to have been di- diagnosis, uh, something that, that's less, I mean, I've been seeing so many therapists. So I'm like, is it just because I've seen so many? So like everybody is just throwing something, like throwing a diagnosis. Uh, I don't know anymore, honestly. Right. Yeah. It's so complicated. Yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes I'm thinking maybe it's just like the way I see the world. I'm just so uh, depressed by society these days. Just how the world works in general and i'm not talking about canada i'm, t- I'm talking about like, everywhere so mm-hmm. it's just i feel like humans are so it's so bad like everybody is just trying to make money on on the back of each other and just just going badly and like just something that's not working somewhere and nobody does anything like obviously it's, it doesn't work anywhere like it does not there's not one country that that works there's, there's something that doesn't work and we don't have the solution and it's just getting worse and worse mm. that's how i feel and money money is the worst i agree but at least in this country if you god forbid you say that people you're a communist <laughs> relax the base of communists i mean it's a pretty nice idea it didn't work it's, but the base uh, of it it's a pretty nice idea now we know that it doesn't work. There's enough country that try it. Now we know that it, it doesn't work. It's kind of naive to, to think that it, it would work. But obviously, what we have right now, it doesn't work either. No, it but works for some people. No, no, no. Hey, it works for some people. Yeah, it works for rich people. That, that's, that's the thing. It works, for, it works rich for rich people. And I was going to say it works for healthy people. But the reality is, yeah, if you're rich, your health improves often. So yeah, you're right. A lot of it's money does seem to be at the very center or the heart of the way many countries or systems operate 100%. And I think statistics say the same that it's getting more, you know, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. It almost feels more, even more like the rich are just eating the poor here. In recent times, you said it's getting harder and I think you said it, it may be the closest you've ever come. And I'm not asking, I'm not looking for a compliment here. I'm trying to understand what the value is for you in talking to me, who's kind of a stranger. I mean, I get if you've heard the podcast, I'm not a total stranger in some ways. Well, it's not, it's not really just to talk to someone. I just felt like I've been listening uh, when I found out the podcast. Uh, so I was at work and I was working and listening to that. Like I listened, like I'm working ten, 10 hours a day, so I was listening to it every, all all day. I immediately immediately thought I I want to do that. I was thinking about it. I was thinking, 
I didn't really attempt. Maybe it's not for me. The more I was listening and I was feeling like, like, yes, I didn't really attempt, but just, I don't think everybody really attempted. I think there's other people yeah. like me who was, who was just living with it. And I feel like I didn't do it because I'm thinking about it so much. I feel like I'm I'm preparing it in my head so much that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to, well, I hope that I will be successful. <laughs> so I'm thinking about like, uh the best way to do it, uh, what I need to do before, how to make it easier on my family, how I want my body to be fine. <laughs> that that's pretty that's that's pretty harsh. Like I'm not like thinking about when, I'm thinking about how and what to do before. So you're thinking about those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been living with that for a few years already, thinking about Okay, I need to do this thing. How do I manage that? Of course, like every day I'm I'm working, so I'm just living from like day to day. Really, I didn't like for years. I was uh, I was single because I was thinking like I'm not uh, good enough mentally to be in a relationship. So I've been like in my twenties. I was like for seven years. I was I was single. Really, mm-hmm. I was just not. I was thinking like oh. I'm I'm crazy and I have borderline personality. I'm hard to live with. So I don't want to like put people through that. I was thinking about that. I was thinking anybody, anyway, I'm going to kill myself one day. That's how I was living and like every day working and just not thinking too much. So it's interesting though, despite this stuff that's going on right now, you're able to work, you have a boyfriend. Okay. It's just interesting because I think there's a myth. I don't know where it came from around what someone who is suicidal acts or looks like. That's also why I decided to talk because like we see a lot of uh, about people being in depression and not working and staying home and doing nothing. And I, I don't want to criticize them. Everybody deal w- with that differently. But to me, I've been depressed so many for so many years now. I can't just not work and do nothing. Like <laughs> I would be on the street. Right. Or, there would be some real consequences to that. Yeah. And that's why some people are on the street, though, is, well, that mm-hmm. gets a whole other conversation. I am also curious, does anybody in the world at this moment know that you're talking to me? No. They will. They might find out, though. <laughs> now, they probably will never hear this podcast. But. I, know, I know a few people who may be uh, the type to listen to that. So I, I would hope not, but... You don't want them to hear it? Well, no. <laughs> Another how many people question is how many people know what you're going through right now? Uh, I would say only my boyfriend. Mm. And I'm not sure how uh, serious is taking it. Even me, I'm not sure how serious I, I take his own uh, suicidal ideas. So you've been staying alive for years. And I know sometimes it sounds from what you shared like it's been manageable. You're not even thinking about it a lot. Other times, it sounds like these times, it ain't like that. How do you cope? I would say go to work, honestly. (laughs) Sometimes I don't want to. And I'm telling myself, what am I going to do if I don't go to work? Right. Like, um, am I going to stay like? at home doing nothing and mostly I'm I'm a lot on, on my phone and I'm just like reading things online uh, 
learning things, uh, playing on my phone, and just trying not to think Any, anything to to not to think. Yeah, I feel like I I procrastinate a lot. Like I mean, I keep my apartment uh, clean. I would say <laughs> I was gonna say I eat, but I I don't eat that much. I'm doing really the bare minimum, and the rest of the time I'm just do anything to to not think. What do you, what do you think happens when you die? Honestly, I don't I don't have any. Uh, I'm not really into religion. I don't know if there's God who exists or something. I'm not really mm-hmm. into these things. I I would say like probably nothing. Mm-hmm. You're just dead. Yeah. Well, and anyway, it's not like I I could know now. So <laughs> I mean, I'm curious about it. How would we know? And it, it's it's gonna happen anyway. So. Right now, this has changed a little bit. In the past year or so, now when I'm talking to you, for example, this episode might not be out until like December. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably can't really answer this, but I'm trying to gauge or at least understand the likelihood of you being around to hear that episode when it comes out. Uh, for sure, I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. At least, at least for sure. After that. I don't know. I, I would be surprised if I live to 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't have any dreams. I don't have any goals. I don't plan on having kids. So I don't, I feel like there's no point to stay for me. That's, that's how I feel. Like, like I, I told my boyfriend, oh, I'm going to continue. I'm, I'm going to try, but I can't really promise anything. You are, uh, you have somebody who has lived with this for a long time, right? I want to ask you about myths around any of this stuff. What is bullshit in your experience? I'll say mostly that because someone looks normal, that they are doing well. At work, I'm probably like, I would feel like most people don't really suspect anything. Like I'm that person who talk to everybody, get along with everybody, a joke. So I don't think that the... They expect that from me. You're the one who people would say, oh, I didn't realize she was suicidal. She's not acting. So, like That's what yeah. people might think. Because I, I don't really talk about it to people. It's not that I'm ashamed of it. Um, it's mostly because w- when you talk about that, like people feel, I don't know, they, they, they don't know how to react. And you don't know how they're going to react. I don't want to deal with like the trouble after that. Like, like if I tell, tell that to a coworker and to talk to my boss and like, you don't know how, how it goes. So. And they don't know what to do. And like they, 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 they get told like, oh, uh, if someone tell you that they're suicidal, you have to do this. You have to like uh, ask them yeah. to promise that they're not going to do anything. Like, like it means something like, like it's yeah. going to change something. I don't know who comes up with these. This is what you're supposed to do stuff. I just don't get it. Yeah. Even me, when my boyfriend told me that he wanted to kill himself, I didn't know what to do because I was thinking like, I am myself in that position. So, and I know he's working. And like, what happens if I call the police? Mm-hmm. They're gonna send him to a mental hospital that I have already been trying myself, and I know that it doesn't work. I, I want him to get help, but at the same time, I tried enough for myself to to tell myself that it doesn't work. That's what's hard in a relationship. But it's interesting because you've been through it. Now you're on the other end of it. 
you have a sense of how I imagine you want people to respond if you shared. And so I guess the question is, and this is a tough one. I know it was really like depends on the situation and the people involved, but how would you want people to respond to you if you shared a little bit about what you were going through? A coworker, a friend or whoever. Honestly, just listen. I think I, I do have friends that would be like that. Or not not even friend. Like I have a really good friend and I'm talking with her husband and the other day just like we were kind of like talking about uh politics or actuality and all and he just said like should we just go and like jump from a bridge or something? <laughs> he told me that he was joking, but I knew I knew he, he had he had these ideas as well. So I think that would be the kind of person who would listen. Do you have any idea why it seems for many people it's so difficult to, using your words, just listen? Do you even think they know how or what that means? Not really. I feel like it's just that most people don't know how to react to that. Even us, we barely know what we have to do. Since they get told to to like do this and do that, if someone tell, tell you they're suicidal, they, like they feel like, oh, if I don't do anything, they're gonna kill themselves. Well, if I listen to them, maybe uh, it's gonna encourage them. Like maybe they're gonna feel more depressed about it. I don't know. I don't really know because even myself, I would feel like it would be hard to listen to someone telling me about these things. If you wanted to do this podcast, you couldn't do it. It would be hard for you to host this podcast and have these conversations. I don't know because it, it's different. You know, it, you're not talking to people that you really know personally. They reach to you to talk about it. That's also, I think, a big difference. They reach to you themselves to talk about it. I don't know. I don't know how I would feel doing that. Well, you're doing what you're doing, which is great, I think. Just doing this. Not easy. It's not It's not something that's really hard for me, mm-hmm. talking about that. More, I don't do it mostly because of the reaction of people. Yeah, but to me, like talking about my mental illness, about hardships and all, it's not it's not too hard. But uh, it's not like my life was was so hard. My boyfriend had a really really hard uh, childhood in in Cambodia. It was really poor. He was getting beaten. He didn't have anything to eat. Uh, really malnourished. He almost died many times. And I feel like like it's so hard to listen to him talking about these things. Like like I want to listen to him, but sometimes I just it's so hard to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like in my case, my life was I wouldn't say easy. I wouldn't say like hard <laughs> compared to that. But sometimes when we talk, I feel like he's comparing our childhood, and I'm like, it's not the same. I was lucky enough to be born and. Rich country. Mm-hmm. I don't have any uh, handicap. Uh, I can work. I'm not too stupid, so <laughs> like, I'm pretty privileged compared. So of course, like to you, it, it it seems like like it doesn't make sense that I feel like that. It's not working like that. Right. Uh, it's not because you have money that you pro- that you that you feel good. Of course, it helps. But yeah, it's like he had these hardship because he was from this country, but he also have some hardship that people here could have as, as well. Yeah. Do you know, well, you know a fair amount about the sort of broader mental health system in Canada because you've been dealing with it some, right? Well, mostly in, in Quebec. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the other provinces. Yeah, we tend to think, uh, oh, in Canada, you have the free healthcare, but 
at least in Quebec, it's really hard to have access to it. And it's getting even harder these, these days. Uh, so mostly you need to have like a, a family doctor to have access to anything. So you see that, that doctor, uh, you talk about your issue and he refer you to someone specialized or something like that. These last years, even if I have one, and I'm lucky to have one, like just people waiting on a wait list to have a doctor. And it takes years. So that, and that's how you have, you have access to healthcare. But even that, you don't have access to it. Like uh, two months ago, I, I had a, an injury and it got infected and I had COVID. So they didn't, they, they didn't want to treat me. So I was like, okay, so I'm just going to lose my leg because I have COVID. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that doesn't make sense in the healthcare. Uh, mental health care, it's even worse. Like you, if, if you want to be a psychologist, uh, you have to, uh, get registered somewhere and then it takes months if they have play, uh, a space for you. And then you have maybe a 10 meeting with them. And so one each month. And, and that's pretty much all. If you want more than that, you go to the private system. Mm-hmm. So it's not that different. <laughs> At this point, it's not that different than going in the U.S. But even if it's free, you don't have access to it. That, that's pretty much how it is. So, yeah, the, these days, they're kind of talking about it. Like, uh, near me, like, there was there's a girl who killed herself because she had, like, Lyme disease and she couldn't deal with the problems. And so they're talking about it in the news and all. And I'm like, so they never talk about it. But now, like, that young girl killed herself, so now they're talking about it. And right. Like, what about the other people that? that are surfering all the time. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All the conversations we aren't having or we don't hear. Yeah. It doesn't mean people aren't going through the thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're not suffering. Jeez. Well, I would say about mental hospital. I don't know. I didn't try it enough to know how it goes, but I've been having friends who have a bipolar disorder and it didn't look easy. And like, and she's, uh, she was a native too. The, the hospital where she was going, she got, she got sexually assaulted there and like just stuff like that. Like, it's just, I mean, you, you can't really, it's kind of everywhere. You're at risk any, any, everywhere anyway, but like, well, there are certain situations or places where people are especially vulnerable, yeah. where the work you're doing, it requires a different. God forbid something like that happens in a real estate office. I'm not comparing. I mean, they're all brutal and terrible, but it just feels a little different when it's someone at a school or a hospital and someone's putting the trust in you to take care of them and they're at your, you know, your total authority over them. Like that just feels different to me. Did you grow up a Quebec Nordiques fan, hockey team? Oh, uh, not really. Oh, you're talking about, um, yeah, I wanted to do like a shout out to uh, Pat in California. Hey, Pat, I'm from Quebec, too. Thank you for uh, talking, which I'm... <laughs> Were you the only two from Quebec? You might have been. I've spoken to... Uh, there was another girl, too. But yeah, I've grown up in Quebec, in Quebec City as well. So I was kind of felt uh, close to uh, to Pat. Nice. Also, because like with my with his trouble with ADHD and all, I kind of felt closer to that story. Uh, Ms. A, what else would you like to share, if anything, that I may not have asked or that came to mind as we talked? I've said pretty much everything. I mean, I, of course, I didn't really attempt, so I didn't have that much to share about it. 
Yes, uh, I mostly decided to talk because I do, I really do think that there's other people like me was not attempting, they're trying to live with it like me. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people like that. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least I know that I'm not alone. I know that I'm not alone. There's a lot of people. That's why I knew there was a podcast about it. There's, there's a podcast about anything. Not because I was feeling alone or something. In that, I knew there's other people, but I was interested to know like, how to get to that point. I feel like like maybe one part of why I didn't attempt is I feel like a, I'm too afraid or something. So I'm thinking, what, what does it take? What does it take to to try it? Because I've been thinking so, like I said, I, I've, been, I've been thinking so much about it that I'm, I'm thinking if I attempt, I'm going to succeed. That's, that's kind of how I think. But I know it's not, it's not that simple. Like I'm, I'm searching like, uh, not the perfect way, but something, sometimes as I'm thinking, what if like we could do it? Like we could, you know, like now they have like that assisted the suicide. So I was thinking like, what if we could do it? What if we could do it? Like, what would happen if the yeah if the method were available and free let's say for example and you know just very easy to do like in other words all of that was take would we see more would we see fewer suicides maybe i don't know well i've been thinking about that movie um 7 pounds i was thinking like what if i could do that maybe at least i could uh, give my organs to people so they can live i'm thinking like oh i'm pretty healthy so that's a waste <laughs> that's kind of harsh to think about but that's how i feel sometimes i'm like well if like i find the, the way to like, the best way to preserve my organs yeah. <laughs> and so like to find my body quickly enough and so to can give my organs to, to someone or something like that i think you're bringing up an interesting point because in my experience people simplify what the person did and why they did it. And it's rarely that simple. It's sometimes rather complicated. And I, and from the conversations I've had, people often think about it for a long time. And they think about some of the things you're talking about, which I don't think we talk much about. Like, well, I mean, is this going to be actually successful or not? And if it's not, what happens? And mm-hmm. how will they find me? And what impact might that have on certain people? And I might want to leave my organs. All these things that, you know, because you know, if you bring this word up, people are like, I don't know. Is there a lot of people sharing that with you? What stuff specifically? About what to do with our body, like the organs or like, I know that there's a few people that we're talking about. Uh, I think about doing that, but it's not that easy. Like I think I've I've heard about hanging yourself that you, you can be like dying for a long time. Yeah. I mean, we get into it sometimes. It really, it depends on the person and what they've gone through and what they want to share. You know, I ask some of the same questions, but they always have their own sort of unique thing because you're unique, right? So the the fear of like failing and being stuck with some uh, health issues after that. Right. I know someone who tried so much with with, uh, medication that she now have like permanent damage to her stomach. Absolutely. So there's things like that. If you fail, it gets worse. I've had conversations with people who write that that applies. They did not succeed or they failed. However you want to frame that or use their lives changed a lot. There's two in particular I'm thinking about. And in their cases, they are actually, from what they shared and when they shared it, grateful to be alive, despite the change in life, lifestyle, what happened. That doesn't apply to everybody. And if you listen to the podcast hours a day, you'll hear them eventually. <laughs> yeah. Already. I think I've been listening to most of the episode by now. 
I think you did great. I appreciate you sharing everything. And your English is very good. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, way better than my French. <laughs> it's, uh, it's more about my, my confidence. That's more, that's more that the problem. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thank you again for reconnecting with me and, and talking. There will be people that hear this for sure. I know. And, you know, it makes a difference. So thank you. Thank you to you. I never know how to end these without them being awkward. So I will tell, I will say simply, I hope your day is okay. <laughs> and I will talk to you soon. And I thank you again for, uh, for talking with me so openly. No problem. Thank you to do for doing that for me. My pleasure. A. Hey. All right. Thanks again. Hey, and, uh, again, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. All right. Take care. You too. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to A up in Quebec. Thank you, A. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted and check the show notes. There's another way you can reach out to us through a recorded message. You can find that link there as well as ways you can support sponsor the podcast and learn more about our presentations and programs. And that is all for episode number 138. Stay strong, do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.